and welcome back to Geeks, the world's number one entertainment show recorded live in these rooms. I'm your host, Al White, and joining me for episode 120 of the regular show. If we're clowning the horror shows, it's about, I don't know, 25,000. Oh, God, it's so just many. in the thousands. Um, those beautiful tones of Alexander Chard. Hello, everyone. It's nice to be back. And, uh, and the grating frequency that is Shannon Holland. <laughs> Hi! How's it going? <laughs> I was waiting for that. I've been missing you. It's me, Shannon. <laughs> <laughs> You're gradually becoming Mario, basically. Oh, God. Um, <laughs> it's me. It's me, yeah, uh, Mario. Guys, it's good to see your faces. We are in weird times. Um, we are today, which I think is very important. Uh, we are Wednesday, the 25th of March. All three of us are in LA, all in our separate abodes. As people uh, who have listened to us before, you know, we don't like to talk about topical things too much. We're going to break that mold a little bit on this episode. Uh, don't worry, we're not going to get too preachy or anything. We're going to, you know, obviously address what's happening um, because it's particular times. And then we're going to talk a lot about what movies and video games and stuff we're eating up and just any experiences we want to share about what's easy and what's hard about staying inside and and any uh, advice for each other that we have that you might find useful or want to email us at fuckyouweageeks.com mm. to tell us that we're terrible people mm-hmm. and mm-hmm. we don't understand or have perspective because we all live in a la-la world. Um, <laughs> Fair. Which is true. Um, what's happening? Yeah, if you are new to us though, hello, welcome. This isn't what we normally do. <laughs> Um, but you know, this is what you got. So go to the weirdgeeks.com if you want to. Go on social medias and go to weirdgeeks. There's nothing there, but you might as well future proof yourself by like, you know, signing up for them because it's nothing's going to happen in your feed. So what's the harm? Yeah. Like, what the fuck is the harm, guys? Um, and if you really actually want to help us, you can go to iTunes, you can go to your podcast app, you can type in We Are Geeks, you can subscribe and rate for us because it really helps us out. A whole bunch, we do all this for free. We don't do patrons, we don't do banner ads. And by the love of God, we're not going to try and sell you any... Zoom classes. There you go. I mean, it's not appropriate right now to sell any classes <laughs> unless they're online. So Yeah, yeah. But no, we're not um, selling any Zoom classes. <laughs> Is that Zoom or Zoom? Zoom. Z O O M. Is that is that the, oh that is the online one? Yeah, that is the on. I was gonna say like I was waiting to see how long it takes for fucking Zoom to come up in our conversation because it's all I see now. I know. out of nowhere is everybody on Zoom, and I had to look it up. I had to Google like what the fuck? What does Zoom do that Skype doesn't? And it turns out nothing, absolutely nothing. <laughs> it's mean- just like certain little details that each of them do better than the other one. Yeah. And I think you can add, you can have larger groups on nope. Zoom. You no? can have 50 people on Skype for free. Oh, can really? You? Oh, yeah. See, yes. Zoom makes you pay for it over a can certain... We, yes. Uh, can we gradually add 50 people to this podcast? Yes. <laughs> I mean, in all honesty, I have been thinking like, because I've seen a lot of podcasts doing live stuff and streaming things as they're recording. Yeah, I was trying to figure out how to do it because it would be great to do a live one where, yeah, you could exactly do that, be tweeting out or something, have it streaming and have people just gradually join it. That'd be fun. <laughs> that would be fun. Look, look into mess. it, Al. Look into it. Sure. I got nothing else to do. <laughs> yeah. Um, I mean, half true. <laughs> Uh, yeah, the Zoom's driving me crazy. Yeah. Um, and, I, and, and I hate... What drives me crazy about Zoom isn't Zoom. I'm sure it's great. That's that's wonderful. Uh, it's the fa- it's how fucking fickle people are. You know, it's how fickle... Because there's mostly young people, especially, who are using it. And it's like, what's wrong with the other thing that already worked fine? I think... 
Yeah, I think that there, because like James uses Zoom for his business things Kids. or whatever. So I think there's a level to it that is like slightly more professional because you pay for it, right? And so yeah. at least I'm getting all the Zoom invites for every single um, acting studio that I've ever signed up for is desperate for me to take their Zoom version of their classes and workshops right now um which you know fine everyone is struggling at the moment and they are trying to like figure out a way to stay afloat all all good i am personally not in a place (laughs) where that is the priority (laughs) right now (laughs) and so every email i get about it makes me want to murder (laughs) um (laughs) Didn't and again, say who. Just all anyone. good. There are James, lots of people. James is dead. Yeah, no. Oh, yeah. <laughs> Sorry. No, stop, we're not going to find that out until the end Shana. of quarantine whenever uh, somebody <laughs> is going to break into my apartment to check on like his well-being. But yeah, you're always looking off camera, but we've got no proof. Like you're just, yeah. you're a good actor. So <laughs> Thank <who> you. <laughs> Finally, it only took these times for Allied. <laughs> it's <laughs> easier to say when I don't have to actually deal with it physically in front of me. So. Wow. Truer words were never spoken. The fourth wall. <laughs> um, yeah, well, weirdly, because I, I did, when I was doing my research into Zoom, we don't want to talk about COVID-19. We just want to talk about Zoom, mostly. Yeah. Um, when I was doing my research into it, everything was saying the opposite. They were all saying it's slightly more reliable than Skype, which mm-hmm. is why, like, general populace are using it, because it's just like, it doesn't break up quite as much. Mm. Um, but they were saying for business, Skype is, like, far, far better. Like, oh, all really? of the facilities you could do business through, like, Skype has, has all the facilities set up for that, for obviously, for, you know, decades now. But long. can I mute you on skype because i can mute people on zoom and that's great can you yeah i don't think you can mute individuals oh can you not oh Oh, so you can mute individuals on zoom but why would you want to zoom them if you can you imagine (laughs) if we did a podcast class then you can mute the students so they can't ask you any annoying questions okay so this is more for like okay that that makes sense Mm -hmm. that makes sense Okay, so let's, our, let's record, purposes. let's do a Zoom podcast and all mute each other and just record <laughs> for an hour straight and see what <laughs> we get. That would be amazing. <laughs> It'll probably sound absolutely no different than on <laughs> Yeah. Yeah. None of us acknowledging each other's opinion, <laughs> just barreling on. Yeah. Um, all right. Well, let's get off Zoom for a split second because uh, you you neatly segued us into yeah okay so people have to do all this stuff from home now do all these classes from home um i'm actually talking to some students right now that i met when i was uh when i went to winchester um and got to like uh, speak at their class and and uh, it's been really interesting to see how that's affected their final semester you know before mm. they were meant to graduate and all of that stuff and it's really like again it's very hard to look at any person right now who's not in serious you know not getting chucked out of the house for rental problems which is happening yeah uh, with friends i know not having serious health problems that can't be addressed that aren't covid related medicine problems like thousands of minutiae of problems that most people aren't having to deal with if you're not dealing with something like that directly then it's very very hard to say you feel sorry for anyone's situation right now mm-hmm. because it's like we'll just fucking stay inside and i'm really sorry you don't get to see your friends or you don't get to do this or that but i don't give a shit yeah <laughs> you know basically but at the same time i can appreciate uh all these experiences are strange and particularly if you're young these are a lot of your first experiences with mm-hmm. the world and it's yeah gotta be fucking weird like it really has yeah that's what i i wonder 
how, you know, children that are experiencing this and things like that, how it will be remembered for them. Because I think on one hand, there's a level of like, oh, I get to spend, I don't have to go to school and I get to spend time with like family, which if you're really young, you know, under... 12 years old could be great for you um but it's the i feel like the tweens and teens are the ones that are probably and like early 20s having the hardest time with this because that's never all you want to do is be away from your fucking family (laughs) and so here let's quarantine together right Uh, and you also have an awareness of what is going on so there's a different stress level um so it's going to be a very interesting like social experiment to see what happens. Yeah, I was reading that. an article too about talking about the potential yeah trauma that the children yeah. could experience through this. Um, of, of, of experiencing a world um, that can create fear and that can create um, anxiety in us and and. To uh, and make us take such extreme measures and the kind mm-hmm. of, yeah, and not knowing sort of what the impact of that will be down the line yeah. on these young people. Well, and high schoolers in particular, I mean, they're, especially right now, outside of the health risks uh, uh, that are prevalent right now, they've already had a stressful uh period because they have to deal with the possibility of school shootings and things like that in a way that whenever I was in high school there was a fear of that like that was there we had like somebody calling a bomb threat once to my high school like stuff like that but it was such smaller potatoes so those like high school age early 20s people that have been in this world of metal detectors at school being and doing drills, active shooter drills, and now are in this world of you can't go outside, like there is a scary virus coming to get you, sort of like that is a lot of anxiety to face at a very impressionable age. And like everything in the internet age, I'm really seeing it as a split. You know, It's such a fucking divide of like the young people who are being the smartest and are actually having to teach you know their grandparents and Ugh. their parents to like no be more fucking sensible particularly you because this is you know yeah. you're the ones who are most susceptible to this um and then the other young people who are just being selfish and stupid <laughs> yeah um, yeah and there's such a split with that and it's so and i think what's going to be really fascinating exactly what you're saying is like the end game with this isn't going to be a curtain comes up and everything's suddenly solved it's going to no. be a gradual thing of people it's very slowly or an accelerated rate becoming more and more cocky and going back to their old lives including the president but let's not get into it um as gradually people just try and reset everything and find a way to you know continue and my cons i mean obviously i hope that that's as easy and transitionally peaceful as is humanly possible for everybody Mm -hmm. but at the same time i fucking hope people remember because the problem is for the majority of our lot not obviously everybody because I have friends who are in, you know, trapped in Spain or in Italy or in Paris and are like seeing this stuff to their face. But being trapped in our reality, particularly in a place like West Coast LA, where it's, you know, the creeping across America is like, here's one of the, the most <clears throat> populated but least affected places. 
it's it's all on your media that's where it is like you and like we had heaven who's on who's doing our weekly podcast right now uh she uh she came over to pick up some audio equipment and we left it out like on you know we cleansed it all left it out on the front doorstep she's you know stood by her car 10 feet away and we kind of shouted things at each other for a bit and then she drove off um and it was very weird because i haven't seen any of these people for like seven months and i don't get to like hug any of them you have yeah. to like keep your yeah. distance um, not to be i mean i wouldn't hug a heaven anyway but you know Makes sense. um and she like and she was like her face is like this is really fucking weird and she's to be clear she's like 21 or well, how old's heaven uh, 22 she's old enough 20s. to be a goddamn daughter right <laughs> that's true we've got well i've graduated now alex i don't know about you she once called me and alex i think on podcast like cool grandpas <laughs> i've now graduated to her cool older brother so oh wow it's going, it's going wow well skipped father entirely <laughs> yeah well that's a, that has like creepier connotations i feel like to, to call you yeah dad. grandpa <laughs> and brother is fine but daddy's not cool yeah, yeah well because grandpa is clearly uh tongue-in-cheek brother is her just sucking up i don't like because that's yeah. like i mean her. hey she needed the audio equipment right don't um, worry Al. you'll always be my cool daddy Thank you. Thanks, Alex. Uh, your money will be in the mail. Because I can't give it to you in a normal Gross. fashion. Um, but no, yeah, she Gross. was there. And, and for she came over and it was kind of eye-awakening. Because we've been, by that point, we've been in self-isolation for about 10 days. And we're in a very fortunate position where we're in a large house. It's in a very quiet neighborhood that's security protected anyway. We're two blocks from the beach. The section of beach we're on is normally very, very quiet. Right now, to be honest, if you go in a day, it's so big. The LA beaches, everyone's very spread out. It's not like those packed beaches you're seeing even up the road in Malibu, where it's Mm -hmm. kind of crazy. Um, But to be clear, there's a lot, there's far too many fucking people and all the helicopters are out and military law will probably shut that down very soon. They've already closed down all the parking lots now. Yeah, I think um, they, because didn't Mayor Garcetti, he tweeted that there were too many people out at the beaches and parks. So, yeah. uh, so they're closing the recreation centers down. Yeah, they're trying to make it so it's just the people who live nearby and not people coming to visit, which is great for us, not for other people necessarily. Um, But yeah, like it's been like, you know, around here, because what we mostly have here are rich folks and tourists and rich folks of tourists don't give no fucks about anything, basically. Mm -hmm. Um, So it's been quite alarming because everyone's at home. It means everyone's actually out on the street more. So there are more people out than we Mm -hmm. normally see. And heaven turns up, though, and it just feels like normal suburbia and her face is like this is not like she's like where i am it's like fucking apocalypse and she's constantly driving around downtown at midnight not getting out of a car but just like go somewhere and she's like it's just deserted and empty and people are like looking crazy on the streets and she said she came here and it really kind of messed her up because she's like here you could just kind of pretend nothing's happening and that's the thing that i'm interested about for the younger generation in particular is if you want to ignore all this and pretend it's not happening and it's you know governmental schemes and there's people lying and whatever it is you, I mean, okay, you're stupid, but you Thank can you. do it because it's just on your phone and on your computer. For most of these people, they're not actually seeing it and seeing what's happening. And it's kind of possible in many facets to continue living your life until we're eventually under lockdown, which by the time people hear this may have happened. <laughs> yeah. Don't know. Um, but I'm intrigued with like, I just hope people remember. I hope it doesn't become this thing where it gradually goes back to normal and everyone just shuffles into their lives and, figure, and you know, they get to downplay a lot of this because whether it affects you directly in a, in a true negative form, not a, oh, I'm bored form, which if I have to hear one more person say they're bored. Oh, I know. Media, yeah. It's like, it's I like, will give you, you a job to do, buddy. You're bored? <sighs> yeah, there's a, story, there's a story that I heard yesterday, um, 
um, on one of the news channels just talking about um, resuming normality, but also not resuming normality under complacency. And mm. an example they gave was um, in Hong Kong, I think it was Hong Kong, the numbers started to drop. And so normal life and started to resume and businesses were open, but all these kind of strict policies that they had put in place to contain the virus were kind of just complacently sort of forgotten and put aside and numbers then doubled yeah. in cases. Yeah. And it's like... And that's what they're I, dealing with now. Yeah. Yeah. And that's, yeah, that is the problem. It's like, it's not going to just go away. It could go no. away and then come back again because people try to readjust too quickly um, and try and play it down too quickly. But anyway, yeah, we don't want to like hammer on about it, but it is like, yeah. I mean, obviously the end game right now is we have no idea. Yeah. August, yep. September, next year, you know, two months. The only thing I know for sure is it's not going to be fucking Easter, but that's topical. So oh, we- I know. <laughs> well, but I also think the the financial and economic fallout from this, even beyond like the health stuff that we're dealing with at the moment, right now, like flattening the curve and protecting ourselves and our communities and the, our loved ones from contracting or passing this virus is the number one concern, right? But then as soon as this starts to clear, my concern is because there's such a huge financial fallout from this from so for so many people that as we're talking about, there'll be a rush to get back to work, to get back to business, to get back to earning, to get back to, because people have to try and you know level things out. What is, what's, I have so many friends that are just all of a sudden, unemployed you know and um what do you do you know um so the only way to come back is slowly and gradually and i am just hopeful and (laughs) praying that um we put measures in place to protect the most vulnerable from a financial position and also so that whenever we do come back from this, we're coming back in a way that's better, right? That yeah. is, yeah. A, a, as you're saying, Alex, that is conscious. <laughs> yeah. Uh, and that is taking one step at a time because that's, you know, the Hong Kong problem is that they went full tilt and you got to... Yeah. Dip your toe back into the waters. Make sure they're fine. And I think some of that's going to have to come down to the people who can do that. Mm -hmm. Again, like there will be people listening to this who are in much worse situations that we can imagine or we encounter with the people that we know. Um, And I get that. And if you're screaming at us, we're not being unsympathetic to that at all. But I'm saying for the people who can stay at home, for the people who can work from home, for Mm -hmm. the people who can eat a bit into their savings to do whatever they have to do, like it's going to fall on those people to continue doing that after it starts to get hopefully better. Yeah. Um, So that, yes, we can ebb the people in who need to, who absolutely have to, to start to try and build something back again. And sadly, there's no like there's absolutely no way of avoiding the fact that some people's lives, many people's lives will be devastated forever because of this. Mm Um, and it's and it's heartbreaking. And that's actually the perfect segue to start talking about the other stuff because that is um, probably yeah, like some of the people I know who run some of these beautiful little indie cinemas, you know, mm. that I got to tour with and meet and talk to and become friends with. They have to obviously close these places down. And if this goes on for three months, if this goes on for five months, you know, it's like, can they keep affording the rent? Probably not. Um, and some of those places might have to close. Yeah, so my heart's, you know, for my personal experience, my heart's absolutely going out to these people that I know who, who knows if they can reopen their cinemas after all of this is done. Um, 
and it's fascinating to see the different ways that they're trying to obviously adapt to like so there's some of them i know you know teaming up with distributors so they could do online stuff but where the cinemas that would be screening these films actually get some of you know the funds from the money that's spent which is wonderful mm-hmm. um, there are lots of different avenues people are looking at and of course there are lots of different avenues that our world the film industry is looking at on how the fuck do they do this when yes they had the worst immediately the worst weekend in, oh, yeah. i think it was like history wasn't it yeah. basically it was just stupid um and I'm sure Bloodshot's going to pretend that that's the reason. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> I saw a commercial for Bloodshot last night and it was like, now available in your home. Right. <laughs> for you to ignore in multiple places. <laughs> what a fucking movie. I mean, Vin Diesel, come on, buddy. Um, so, yeah, I mean, it all started with, uh, I mean, actually, James Bond was the first one, I think, to delay. We've got loads of movies right. that have been delayed. Uh, no Time to Die is going to come out in November right now. Uh, Fast and Furious 9 is coming out next fucking year in April. Yeah. Uh, Peter Rabbit 2 is delayed till August. Black Widow, no idea, just whenever. Mulan, The New Mutants, Antlers, no idea. A Quiet Place Part 2, no idea yet. Uh, and again, when I say no idea, they're all delayed, but they haven't confirmed when they're going to release yet, which I think is probably the right thing to do. Um, Shang-Chi and the Legend of the Ten Rings, um, the Marvel movie, the next Marvel movie that's actually exciting. Sorry, Black Widow. No idea when that's going to be coming out. Um, and then there are like, obviously, South by Southwest, all the film festivals canceled. Yeah. Cannes is delayed. They're saying June or July they think they're going to be back, no. which is like, man. The Olympics um, have been postponed a year. Yes. There's no way fucking gone. <laughs> so it's happening. <laughs> And on the game side of it, of course, E3 was cancelled, which we're going to talk about games uh, a bit later, but that is something where it's like, are they going to be able to come back? Because E3 have been floundering, and this was the year where we have new consoles at the end of this year, presumably. Mm -hmm. Obviously, if they come out still, they're going to be shortages for sure. Yeah. but this was the year where E3 was like they could stand tall of like well you have to come this year even though most of the fucking developers weren't I mean like Microsoft are in a different hall Sony wasn't turning up like so many places it all split but it was still like it's a new console people are gonna show up because there's new consoles coming out I'd Um, like to point out this was gonna be the first year that I could get I could go to E3 actually I was gonna get to go guys I know we were going to go together. We Your, were. Uh, James kindly got us tickets. It was going to be a fun old time. Although when he told us that, like I had just come from Europe where the COVID had just started, and I was like, I don't know if we should be going to E3. So yeah. I was kind of happy they cancelled it. To be honest, because I was feeling this pressure of that's such a lovely present, but also I don't want to touch controllers that other people have touched. I don't want to <laughs> yeah. touch VR fucking helmets that other people Ew. are touching. And I do yeah. wonder coming out of this how people will look at things like that. Yeah, like, how absolutely. Much are people people are going to be very aware of everything they're touching from now on. Uh, I was talking about that with Bethany yesterday, just like the idea of there's going to be such a heightened awareness of that now. And it just made me think back to social gatherings in the past where you're like passing drinks around or sharing a drink from someone Mm -hmm. or like grabbing food from a plate and blah, blah, blah. It's It's fine. I'm not sick. Yeah. Yeah. And it's just like... Yeah, it's 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 nuts. I think which as a as, which as a slight germaphobe with OCD tendencies, who's an introvert, this time is I'm in my element right I was now. Gonna say. I'm kind of enjoying much of it. The rest of the world is just catching up to where you've always been. <laughs> Uh, but that's like a lot of my friends keep messaging me. Like I was talking to Bruno, our friend uh, of the podcast, yesterday on the phone about a project we're doing. And he was like, obviously, look, it goes without saying, obviously incredibly sad about everything that's happening in the world. But for his personal life and for my personal life, I've never had a better regime. Like I've, I'm the most formatted I've ever been in my life. Like I wake up pretty early now, which I wouldn't normally do. Mm-hmm. The world is quiet. Love it. 
uh i go and do my emails i do some work i make sure to do a couple of you know useful things to projects and stuff each day uh try and i'm trying to send like a video message to one of my friends each day just to really annoy them um and then we you know we make lunch which is encouraging me to cook more we take our dog for a walk i go for a jog at sunset every day because again it's a very like just you know quiet way to do that here which i'm very lucky and fortunate to have come back make some dinner and then we just in the evening just watch movies and play games and it's fucking lovely like mm-hmm. yeah <laughs> i really like it and I, and I think that's really important um is to establish routines um during this time because i think the kind of mental health aspect of of yeah of thinking ahead and wondering how long this is going to last if you're going to be going back to work if things are going to resume to normal um you know that that can be incredibly daunting and overwhelming and i found myself at times if i let myself slip into that sort of thought that like that i like immediately have to retreat back and just be like nope can't think of that just think of like think of it one day at a time so yeah for me it's like getting up doing a meditation doing some writing for a couple of hours um working out with bethany taking the dog for the walk cooking dinner with the family yeah it's similar things and it's just like having that i think is so important yeah to kind of just keep to kind of keep going through each day i agree i think everyone's whatever anyone needs to do for their personal (laughs) self-care in order to stay sane and uh just take care of themselves is paramount right now um i mean for us i know we've been doing all the same things right it's like we're cooking more i feel like i'm taking better care of myself in some ways um in this moment than I maybe ever have because now I have the space to do so. I also like am giving myself a tedious task of sewing a bunch of stuff and um You should you should say what you're doing because people need to know like again, like we're not doing it, so there's no guilt over this stuff. But if you can if you have the assets and the time to help people, then you, you can. Yeah, um, I'm uh, sewing cotton masks because there's a huge shortage of the N95 masks and even just straight up medical surgical masks at hospitals. Um, And so the organization I'm working with is called Stitch Together. um, And I have a sewing background. I uh, used to manage my costume shop and sewed my own prom dresses and things like that. So over this past weekend, uh, The Hollywood Reporter uh, put out an article about how the Costume Design Guild of America and IATSE were joining forces to help sew masks. Um, and I reached out, and that then got me interested in it, and I reached out um, to the organizers of that and then was directed to this group. Um, and it is it is medical institutions that are coming to us asking for masks. And there's some backlash because certainly... Uh, fabric masks are not nearly as good as N95 masks, but they are, and they are from the CDC, a last resort. And it is shocking, shocking how many places we have that are reaching out to the group asking for as many masks as we can make because they don't have anything else. And sometimes it is. Uh, less for people that are on the front lines because they need the N95 masks. Um, It it is more for people 
um, that are in different medical offices that are still getting sick people coming in that still have to stay operational, um, but maybe aren't necessarily dealing directly with sickness, but then they can give their masks to those that are on the front lines, right? Or to use as a cover so that you can reuse these masks. Um, so at least for the past few days, I have been sewing like a motherfucker <laughs> in my little apartment, um, trying to churn out as many as I can. Um, and we'll uh, we'll see how that goes. Well, that's incredibly selfish of you, Shannon, and we're all ashamed. But <laughs> yes, you should be. Move on. <laughs> <laughs> Um, yeah, I mean, I guess actually, I mean, we're going to get fully into just movies and games and we'll stop like, you know, yeah. um, talking about stuff before we do though, I do feel like I know we've sort of flirt, I'm sure people can pick up on how we feel about the situation oh, yeah. and what we think people should be doing. Um, I do just want to, yeah, just want to say like just two sentences really. Like, I put up a thing which was like breaking down the four most important things, which aren't the topical things, but just basic things that I'm getting frustrated with seeing people misunderstand so much and particularly the young, young people. Um, which is number one it's like you can be a fucking silent carrier like don't, this is bewildering that people don't seem to understand this but I've seen so many people going well I feel fine so I'm hanging oh. out with these people because they feel fine and no one's got any symptoms so it's okay and some of these are lovely people who I know who are smart and want to do the best thing and are empathetic but if for whatever reason they're just not getting that information mm-hmm. and it's like you have to realize that it's mostly and they're not absolutely not entirely but mostly young people who are not feeling the symptoms to this because they can be strong enough or you have, may have very mild symptoms and you could still be carrying so please just because you feel fine just realize that and the other thing is the big thing that they keep trying to bash everyone over the head with through the government which is that we're always looking at the facts behind the case like we're never looking at what it's actually at on the day-to-day basis we're always like two weeks behind Mm -hmm. how bad it really is because of the spread of it so you have to look at you can't when people saying people were overreacting which i hope now with incredibly tragic news of you know like 500 people dying one day in spain 800 people one day in italy like these aren't regular numbers and that's when people are in fucking quarantine for the most part you know only a few people breaking that quarantine uh we have to be reacting to the future because that's the only way you could stop it from getting even worse than this it then it's definitely still going to be in the future and the other thing is yeah when when i think it was a certain general saying like if even 10 percent of americans decide that whatever they need to do each day is more important important than other people's health then this isn't going to work um, and that's vitally important obviously there are a strand of people who just really just have nothing else that they can do for their own life and i get how difficult that must be um but for the majority of people it's like you have to take this that seriously mm-hmm. and my last thing was just like listen to the world news please <laughs> Don't just yes. listen to whatever channel you normally listen to. Even if you, you know, are in line with our thought process, even if you are, you know, thinking that you're in a health, everyone, like no one listens to one thing because they think it's the wrong thing. Everyone has found their place that they like to get information from. I get that. But please read other things and please look at other countries' news because it's very important and it's the only way to like take this as seriously as we need to. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, all right. Who wants to talk about stupid movies? Well said, Al. Well said. Well said. Um, oh. All right, what else? Hang on, what were we talking about? Yeah, Warner Brothers were talking about releasing Wonder Woman 1984 to digital. It's not going to happen. No. Uh, so now they've decided to push it back to August. Also, probably not going to happen, mm-hmm. but we'll see. Um, in the Heights, Scoob and Malignant have all been pulled from their schedule. Don't know when. And NBC Universal were the first ones to say, hey, let's immediately start putting some of these films yeah. that are in cinemas to digital. Um, 
which in our industry was a big deal because then there was a lot of people like knee-jerk reaction of oh my god this is going to be the death knoll of cinemas this is going to be what the standard from now onwards i don't necessarily i want to hear what you guys think because i don't necessarily agree with that i think this is something where you know the industry knows a the industry loves its formatting you know Mm -hmm. Uh, but b the industry knows this is a very particular time in a very particular circumstance it's got to adapt to survive this and i'm sure that after this time yes if some of those avenues prove to make money they will occasionally do that more often Mm -hmm. but i don't think it'll become the norm and like you were saying shannon after this time is over people are going to be surging back to restaurants to cinemas to everything to interact with the world again and there will be a, a mini boom with whatever's left standing right um so I don't think this will be the norm for our industry. But what about you guys? What do you think? Yeah, I agree. I wasn't sure which one of us was going to start. Um, Go shouted. Yeah, I, I agree with that. I'm actually really applaud Universal for taking the step to immediately release. Uh, what was it? It was The Hunt, Invisible Man. Uh, Emma and Trolls World Tour. Emma and Trolls World Tour. I also think that those four films are uh, great choices for that, right? I think it makes sense to hold your larger tentpole movies like your Mulan, like your Wonder Woman, right? Um, all of those that are more theatrical experiences and all four of those films, I think can work and will work in a home viewing setting i also appreciate that they are doing it at a higher price point right it's i think twenty dollars in order to uh rent them on demand and you know that is far more expensive than it is for like a red box or um renting something on amazon prime or or whatever so that takes it into a different echelon i think that that's an appropriate use of that um and they are also then giving theaters a percentage of sales for this right i'm not sure with that one i don't know with that one I'm not sure either. I do think moving forward that that should be a part of any sort of on-demand package um, is maybe giving theaters a percentage of things in order to help keep them afloat during this time. Um, But I'm, I'm pro what's happening. I don't think it will disrupt the industry too much because we're already seeing it happen i mean netflix does this you know you get six weeks to run your film in a theater and then it's up on netflix free for anyone that um that that has a subscription right or is it even four weeks right i feel like there is a level where okay we're going to still give something a theatrical release, but maybe we're going to make it on demand at a higher price point um, available earlier. And I'm not opposed to that. I think that could be an interesting and innovative way to move forward with the industry. Um, And I applaud them for trying to be flexible and give people something in this time, right? Like All four of those movies are not films that I would necessarily buy a movie ticket to. But if they're on demand, I'm interested in in buying it for just something new right now. 
And to be clear, like all four of those films had just hit cinema. So yes. like, so I do feel, yeah, even whether you're right or wrong with what you're saying in terms of, you know, the, the type of film they are and where their platform should be landing. Um, I do feel that they might not have made that decision with those films if they hadn't already just released. Right. Like Invisible Man had done incredibly well for a couple of weeks and they probably soaked up most of the money it was going to, you know, in that yeah. initial bound. And the other ones were, were sort of brand new. Um, but now we've got like Bloodshot, Birds of Prey, although Birds of Prey should have nearly been coming to digital soon right. anyway. Uh, the Gentleman, The Way Back, the new Ben Affleck film, like all of these are hit yesterday. Actually. Yeah. Yeah. So I, I'm pro it in terms of how it's going to change the industry moving forward. I think it's going to depend on how long this lasts for and how much it forces the industry to be more flexible because i don't think they have been like this has been coming and people have been talking about this for a while right netflix really disrupted things whenever it comes to um cinematic releases and how that's going to work right um so I think now is the time that they're all going to have to scramble and figure out how to be adaptable um, in this moment in order to stay afloat. And if this is what it is, I'm okay with it. And I do want to quickly say anyone who's complaining, I've seen a bunch of people complain about the $20 price bracket. They don't fucking buy it. Yeah. Like this is the thing is like $20 is very reasonable. Like we live in LA. Sure. It's slightly more expensive than some other places. If I go to cinema here, I'm going to pay $10 for a cinema ticket minimum really. at least yeah. at um, least and yes james minimum. and i save money watching a yeah. new movie this no, way well, this is the point and this is what people aren't understand. when i've heard people moaning about it it's normally people who live by themselves mm-hmm. and that's completely fine then it's not appropriate for you if you don't want to spend that money just wait exactly however many weeks or months you need to but they know that the majority of people right now are inside with their other students with their families yep. with yeah. their partners yep. and they are losing money on this because every single like you count you've got four people in your house and you're paying twenty dollar you're not paying multiple twenty dollars a whole limitless people who can fit in your house can watch these things right so they're losing money they really are and i think twenty dollars is absolutely the right right bracket yeah i completely agree i think they even could have maybe stretched to 25 30 seems too much um 20 seems very appropriate absolutely yeah my feeling like about when when that happened when uh universal announced that and those four films was coming out like yeah like you guys i thought it was a a great a great idea under these sort of very special circumstances and my mind definitely did wander to a place where i was like hmm, i wonder if if this will have an effect that that where people will get used to i don't want to say luxury because it's not the right word but uh, get used to this sort of that 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 it will perhaps sway studios in the future to release straight to to um, video on demand um just because you know people easily get used to things they're getting access to stuff right away sometimes people outside of quarantine circumstances do prefer just to sit in the comfort of their home and yeah to watch a movie for 20 bucks and not have to spend twice or three times as much of that at the cinema um so my mind has definitely kind of wandered into that point of it of like how will it affect going ahead i don't think in any way i but the reality is i don't think it is a sustainable model because there's no way studios can make big giant blockbusters and expect to make any money or even break even under this kind of system you can imagine with smaller films you know i mean netflix yeah you're saying shannon that's already like a model of of 
how it can work with smaller films where they do get a limited release and then within weeks are on those streaming services and i think that's a sustainable model and a great way for for especially like smaller independent films to kind of get a a a bigger and wider viewing platform and maybe films that aren't like in that sort of hundred million dollar bracket um as well but yeah certainly as a moving forward i you know there may be more demand from it from the public having gotten used to this and again like depending on how long this situation lasts but i don't think it's yeah in any way a sustainable sustainable model but i think it's 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 great for these circumstances that that studios are uh, are taking that sort of financial kind of hit i guess and still getting their films out Oh, yeah, if you're a cinema lover, like, I'm finding it exciting because you get to cinema films coming to home, yeah. which is really fucking great. I could just yeah. sit home and watch all this stuff. Um, what's what's more, for me, what's more prescient after this with the industry is where the conversation needs to be at. Like, there are a lot of films in production right now. Like, I'm someone who's got a bunch of scripts and I'm pitching right now. This time right now, for many months now, lots of people are going to be writing lots of scripts. Um, and there's going to be a lot of competition about what gets greenlit after this. Because yeah. you know? uh, it's going to be an oversaturation of scripts because it's something people can do easily um, <clears throat> during this time. But at the same time, it's like, what are people going to want to talk about after this? You know, like we we see this historically after anything that affects particularly the world, no matter a nation, people's taste buds change and they want different things during that and they want different things after that of what is the conversation and that's the thing i think is going to be fascinating is like yeah well what we're going to get a deluge of films that have been delayed or whatever to come out and some of them might not be things that people really are in the mood for anymore and they want something different. yeah totally already in this experience i like all i've been watching is rupaul's drag race that's it. I've just been <laughs> marathoning <laughs> through seasons of that because it's, you know, fun and funny and silly to watch and like requires absolutely no brain power. And because I, I just I don't have the capacity to really have to think about anything or to be present for anything in a real way <laughs> right now. Yeah. Bethany and I have well, been watching you- a lot of Naked and Afraid. <laughs> <laughs> You know what's really annoying with Naked and Afraid? What? You never, like, I don't know about you, but like, yeah, Katie and I, because we don't watch TV, but when we travel in hotels, you might turn on the TV and something comes on. And years ago, we did that and Naked and Afraid came on and we had no idea what it was. Um, and we basically just like sat the entire day. It was one of those days when you're driving and you're just in a city for one day and it's somewhere that's not interesting. So we're like, we're just going to spend the whole day just inside watching Naked and Afraid. And we pretty soon realized we're both just waiting either for people to have sex or someone to die. Yeah. And neither of those things are going to happen. Yeah. 100%. <laughs> we uh like, what the fuck is the point we of always ask that question of like who's gonna get who's gonna get killed or are they having sex there was one couple actually in an episode straight off the bat well first of all when they were doing the introduction the woman was like yeah i used to um be married to a man um but then but then we got divorced and i married my best friend and um she's a woman and um but you know but then she was like but you know i hope i'm still with a beautiful man out in the jungle because you know i still am attracted to the idea of a strong man looking after me just crazy like just so many just like conflicting things all happening i'm here for a sex holiday basically yeah and then the first night um her and the guy were cold and she was sleeping on top of him like face <laughs> face to face and it's like there is it, there Alex. is no way and then, and then like by day two they were like building stuff and he's like hey babe could you pass me the the uh the wood over there blah blah and i was like 
these two have to be fucking like they must have done oh, yeah it. <laughs> they're totally fucking it's I the face-to-face like, face. like if you're cold you'd like spoon or do something i feel yeah, like yeah. to lie face to that is intimate like yeah on top face to face yeah telling oh. your best kind of blanket i i feel she deserves to go on an island <laughs> hoping for a good sexcapade but with a beautiful man who's everything she's looking for but he's just very gay (laughs) (laughs) yeah yeah um i mean again beautiful segue shannon because now we can talk about the stuff we've been watching we've been playing so we're going to get a little bit lighter in our conversation um i I mean quickly i don't want to say have you guys okay so we've just been advocating this model Mm -hmm. have you guys spent twenty dollars on any of these movies not yet, because not yet. once again, I am not in a place where I can uh, think or really experience anything yet. <laughs> yeah, okay. I I really want to see The Invisible Man, but I wasn't. Sh- I kept like seeing the first time I saw it, I was like, oh, Universal's going to do this, and then I was like, is it happening yet? So I wasn't sure. Is it, it's out now, right? You can. Oh yeah, yeah. Invisible Man's up. Okay. Um, I'm doing them on iTunes yep. personally, but they're on some different platforms They're on Amazon as well, I believe. Mm-hmm. I'm um, very interested in the hunt just because of all the controversy that was around that movie. I'd like to see it for myself. <laughs> yeah. So I've, I mean, I'd seen Invisible Man at the cinema twice already, but I've rented that again because it's that fucking good. Like the Invisible Man is the best mainstream horror film i've seen in i can't remember how long like it's honestly incredible and and um lee Winnell's like does an insane i mean with all due respect to him i've seen his other directing work and we talked about some of them <laughs> briefly alex not the best uh, i mean upgrade was was really good i didn't love it as much you as everyone didn't else. like insidious four i think it was in three or four yeah which well, i didn't like either of them but um no and i always liked him as a person um, I think he seems like a really lovely person, but yeah, I wasn't a fan of his directing. This film, he's insane. He's so good. She's amazing. I mean, she's very much like Katie saw it and had troubles because she watched a lot of Handmaid Tale. Yeah. She's just like she's just doing the same thing. Yeah, um, yeah, that was my really issue when she I does saw the trailer. Right now. <laughs> yeah, but if you can get over that, you know, and just appreciate it for how well it suits this film, um, and then just the build of it. My favorite thing about it is there's a lot of films right now, obviously trying to work with allegory and to do with like you know female rights and empowerment and all this stuff and gaslighting and blah 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 and i love all the intentions of all of those films even the films that i loathe like black christmas i love the intention behind them their delivery normally misses for me and makes me roll my eyes and feel frustrated this was a film where it's like all of it works all the allegory you're doing here this is it was such a relief for me to go here's a film that i can proudly show as like no this is how you talk about this stuff properly where it's not getting in the way of story it's propelling the story it's backing it all up yeah. from an emotional place and it does it so fucking well while still if you want to just watching a really great horror film do you recommend it. i watch it with my in-laws who are currently staying with us um i mean i don't know what do they you know do they listen to our podcast <laughs> could yeah. i handle it the scare the scariness i look shannon you watch a lot of spookies now so i mean it's, it's not more spooky than anything you've seen uh it all played to some of your fears for sure because you understand what it's gonna yeah, be dealing with i know um but i think you will really appreciate what it's talking about and the mature way in which it's doing that um, okay. So I think for you, it'll be, it's one of those rare horror films where it's worth watching and getting through stuff just because, yeah, it's got a great conversation in it. Um, and I did watch The Hunt. I watched that the other day. I'm actually really excited for Emma, but I haven't watched it yet. But we watched The Hunt day before yesterday. I don't know what to do with that movie. I mean, Blumhouse, mm-hmm. they make some gems and they make a lot of mediocre and then they make some shit. Um, 
Fantasy Island, by the way, which I saw just before it was kicked off. Pff, worst film of the year. Fucking uh, piece of trash. Um, <laughs> <laughs> the fact that I went to the cinema to see Fantasy Island and it's at Blumhouse and then the next day to see Invisible Man. <laughs> and I was like, wow, these are the two sides of Blumhouse here. Um, the, the Hunt, is it's worth seeing. Look, Katie really didn't like it. I don't like it. I don't think any of it works. But I think it's at least trying to say something. They're really talented people who wrote and made that movie. Yeah. A lot of the people behind The Leftovers, one of the creators of Lost. Um, but it's just like, and there are some cool ideas there, but it's trying to deal with, and I had to really think about it. It's trying to deal with classism as well as extreme elite left-wing views. And the problem is, is it deals with both of them under the same umbrella mm -hmm. and they don't necessarily always overlap. And the more mature way to deal with the film would be to, to shuffle these conversations a little bit to show like, no, like the, the morality of these ethics can differ. It's not necessarily baked into your class. And it, I don't know, man, it left me with a really like, it was very confused, very muddied and just left me with a like, none of this really worked for me, mm -hmm. but at least it's trying to say something, I guess. I don't know. I mean, it's, you know, I think you also none of it made us laugh. It's trying to be funny. Really hard. We didn't laugh once. Oh, really? She's pretty good. The lead actress. Like, she's pretty good. But. The woman from Glow, who I love. Yeah. Betty Gilpin. Yes. Yeah, she's pretty good. She, honestly, I love her so much. She's one of the selling points of that film for me. Um, and it's supposed to be a satire and it's supposed to be ridiculous and you know i'm picturing like satirical horror in that movie and i don't know look if you're looking at it on base level and i don't think this is necessarily how they intended it to be it just comes across as anti-left-wing views that's how it comes across it comes across as like a super weird republican film that's so that's interesting because it like the controversy is that it was like on Fox News and being panned as this left-wing film, right? Um, and not pro-Republican in any way, shape, or form. I wonder if because of that they re-edited it or did anything. Well, it's because... I don't want to get into too much, but like, yeah, yeah but the elite people who are running this thing, who are this, they're, they're all the super, super rich, and they're, and they're all the super, guys. super proactive in doing environmental, environmentalism or curing diseases or doing like... No, mostly seen as left-wing views mm -hmm. you know like tropes um and then the other side of it are the you know again i'm using the terminologies they would use or not but like the lower class blue collar workers who are then they don't really get into their politics but it's definitely implied that they're not seeing in line most of the time with that stuff they're all like gun touting and all this stuff and it just for me is like this is very muddy water to be crossing mm -hmm. these two separate things that you're trying to talk about it's like just pick a lane yeah and go with that you know um, so I can totally see how it could be seen both ways, but it's, I don't know, it left a weird taste in my mouth. Um, okay. Uh, da, da, da. What other stuff have we been watching then? Um, I have gone back. I've just been re-watching stuff. <laughs> a lot of things, revisiting things. So I messaged you the other day uh, because I was watching uh, Iron Man 3. Which whenever, yes. which, whenever it has come up across uh, many podcasts, <laughs> uh, I've shown a great distaste for. Um, this made me so happy. Can I read out your text to me? Yeah, yeah, go for it. So much. <laughs> Hang on, let me bring it up. How much have we texted? Not very much. Uh, it would probably be like one of the last few texts. Oh, yeah. Watching Iron Man 3. We hadn't talked in a few days. This just came out of nowhere. About a third of the way through. I may have been wrong about it. 
<laughs> that's what you said and then you didn't say anything else um, no I actually really enjoyed it on the second viewing there's lots of bits in that that I that I really like and that sort of um, yeah make it sort of stand apart from some of the other sort of Marvel films I think until you get to the classic Marvel CGI big battle ending but just some of the tone and some of the choices I thought are really really cool um, which I didn't appreciate at first. Yeah. So I, sh- I swung around on that one. I'm gonna, <laughs> I'm gonna sew that on the same jacket that I have. Uh, Nate's coming back to me and telling me I was right with Wonder Woman. I'm just gonna <laughs> gradually create badges for. That. <laughs> yeah, Iron Man three. I just always and I've seen now quite a lot of people weirdly have gone back to Iron Man three. Is it suddenly on something? Because Disney. Uh, Plus. It's just, it's just on Disney Plus. Yeah. Oh, all right. Um, yeah, and I've seen a lot of people sort of coming out and going, this is actually one of their better... I'm not going to say it's one of their better movies, but it's definitely one of the more interesting. And yeah. I think, yeah, the middle section I really like. Because the middle section is just a Shane Black film. Mm-hmm. <laughs> you know, uh, and I love most Shane Black films. Which one is Iron Man 3? They all sort of blend together for me now. Well, that's the one that shouldn't. Like, it's very different. It's the one where he's dealing with alcoholism, but they don't really want to say that, but they're hinting at that from the comics. Yes, he's yes, He's very yes. depressed. And then he gets stuck in this little nowhere town mm-hmm. and sort of buddies up with this kid that yeah. he hangs out with and yeah it feels like a shane black movie where it's like a buddy cop kind of comedy um yeah, yeah. gotcha and you got the mandarin of course mm-hmm. yeah. the mandarin's great <laughs> <laughs> yep uh, yeah rewatch that i watched uh <clears throat> i watched wreck with bethany i've been for the, I, th- I think I've been messaging you this as well, Alice. So I think I spent the first week of, of quarantine sort of every night asking Bethany if she wanted to watch Grave Encounters with me um, because I haven't seen it yet. But you've told me a lot about it. It's found footage. Um, and she's always said no or found a way to just be like, no, I don't want to watch that. Instead, she was more enthusiastic about watching Wreck, um, which is about a group in quarantine as the American version is titled. Um, yeah, that film's great. The ending's awesome. Had she not seen it before? She didn't watch she, it when she, we were she, she had seen Quarantine. Oh, fucking uh, hell. And after she watched Quarantine, she was like, oh, that's not too bad. I was like, nope, that doesn't count. <laughs> you could, no, that doesn't count. You're going to rewatch it for the wreck. <laughs> and then so when we watched Wreck, she was like, this seems familiar. And I was like, it's because they copied it shot for shot. Oh, <laughs> <laughs> um, did it so still work that? for a little thing at that way around? Because that's a weird way to do it, isn't it? Yeah, I, I don't... Yeah, I think <laughs> she, she said she enjoyed it. I I don't know if she was as enthusiastic as I was expecting. She thought the Tristana bit was really spooky. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. That, le- that end is so cool. It's yeah, the ending really would great. fuck up Shannon's life. Yeah. Right. <laughs> yeah. I will not be watching it. And what else have I watched? I watched Moana the other day. I love that film. Oh, that's a yeah. good one. That's one of my favorite Disney's. Yeah, mm-hmm. it's nice. Yeah. That's Disney, Disney, isn't it? That's not. That's Pixar. Disney, Disney. Yeah. yeah, that's been my life. I haven't watched anything new. I've just been rewatching stuff. Yeah, James and I have been only watching like turn your brain off stuff. Lots of cartoons. Yeah. Um, like we Duncanville is, I guess, the new. Amy oh, is Polar. that the Amy Poehler one? Yeah, it's a new Amy Poehler cartoon. We like that, so we've been watching that. And what's that on? Uh, Fox, I think. Okay. Yeah, because I think it airs Sunday night. Fox have some... Oh. Do they have a chat? Do they have a streaming service? Uh, All of their stuff goes to Hulu. 
Oh, okay. Yeah. So, uh, like the day, the very next day. So, like their animation Sunday is like Bob's Burgers, Simpsons, Duncanville, and then I think the Seth MacFarlane shows. Um, and so we'll we're watching that. We're watch like. I am watching RuPaul's Drag Race just <laughs> literally the first week of social isolation. I I had I it was very fortunate that I uh, booked a job and shot it and it was completed and things like that before things really started shutting down. Um, and I had already planned to take that first weekend, that Saturday, Sunday, as like a I am doing nothing, mental break, whatever. And this was as like shit was really starting to hit the fan and things were really um, starting to, they were started to shut down productions. They started to, nothing was official yet, but it was all just kind of starting, right? And that then just bled into the rest of my week of like, well, I'm just shutting down now <laughs> and my ass is permanently on this couch watching RuPaul's Drag Race because that is all <laughs> I could muster to do. It was like, connect with my family, make sure friends and family are are okay and have what they need and watch RuPaul and that was it. And now as I'm just like sewing endlessly, it's just like there in the background and comforting in that way as well. <laughs> so all I can do is be comforted by mindless TV right now. I'm not in a place where I am allowing myself to think. And I think that's fine. And then it's absolutely fair enough. Yeah. I was finding it so much easier. It's annoying because like, yeah, LA obviously rarely gets rain. We had a full week of rain yeah. basically when this kicked yeah. off. And I fucking loved it. One, because I love the rain. Yeah. But two, because it's like, no, this we being inside feels right. And yeah. the problem is as soon as it gets sunny in LA, it's so enticing that it makes it a lot harder. It yeah. really does. So I'm, I, 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 really I will admit that that first week when everyone was told to um, isolate and social distance themselves from everyone... Yeah, that when that gloom came in, it certainly added to a sense of like, totally. oh my god, like this is, is such a it it, it 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 did it did add a sense of gloom that mm -hmm. that sort of enhanced those feelings, um, which I think is necessary though for some people to like <laughs> that subconscious like you're saying subconscious thing, but for people to no 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 something bad's happening. You have to take yeah, it seriously. Yeah, Whereas when sure. it's sunny, it's like oh something bad's happening. Yeah, but it looks really great outside. Yeah. <laughs> and everyone's right. got the hot pants on. Let's go hang. Yeah, and it's easy, like, when it's sunny um, to then just be like, oh, well, everyone's going to be at home. Like, we'll just go out. Like, it'll be fine. Like, right. people are still... But then mm -hmm. everyone's having the exact same thought as you. And it's like, yeah, you know, you exactly. do have to just stay home. Yeah. Well, um, and I think it's important rain. to note, we have no children. None of us, right? Yes. There are no kids that we need to entertain aside from ourselves. So... Yeah. In so many ways, we are in a very fortunate situation, right? Um, oh, absolutely. I couldn't wait, even imagine. I can't I, imagine. Like Again, I, we try to start this conversation by saying from our own very, very fortunate perspectives. And I think of that every day right now. Like, I feel very, very lucky. And again, you know, a lot of the work I do can be done remotely like many of my friends. And that's something that I'm really appreciative of because right now I'm just getting lots of writing done. And that's great because yeah. I needed to get writing done. But if I'd come back to LA under normal circumstances, you then whisked into seeing friends, like doing stuff with your partner, like going into meetings and stuff like that. And now it's like, no, you have to just write. And that's actually exactly what I need. So mm -hmm. I'm trying to make the best of it. And not to like, again, there'll be people in terrible situations who will see no positives right now at this time. But I, um, 
I do try over the last year not to get too hippie-ish to think there's always like a positive to every negative and there's a negative to every positive. So whenever something good happens to me or around me, I don't know what's happening, Shannon. Sorry, James just handed me a sparkling water with no pants on. This is what we do with quarantine times, guys. I knew it. Uh, he was dangerously close to camera. He really <laughs> was. was. I was like, are you... Because I don't think he understood how wide the frame was. <laughs> <laughs> or how wide no, he don't, is. Nobody saw your penis. You're fine. <laughs> Tell him to walk back into shot. Let's but all get I've a good look. I've imagined it. It's no. like when you shut your eyes in a horror film, what I've imagined. It's much worse. Um, the stupid hippie thing I was trying to say Sorry. is, yeah, whatever, like, no, no, just like when something nice happens to me, I, I recognize the negative things that have come from this for something in my environment, you know, and vice versa. And when something bad is happening, there are always positive things you can take from that, even if we don't want to admit it, even if it's because something, you know, if someone close to you dies, there's still some positive that can come out of that if you approach it from a certain aspect. It doesn't mean everything's positive because everything should never be positive and everything should never be negative. So just like finding that balance. And I've really, yeah enjoyed that and partly for me then that's why I'm, i like i am watching some some trashy stuff it's called doing our weekly fucking horror show um, <laughs> but i'm also trying to like watch stuff that helps me write better so like i've got we've actually gone back we're watching a bunch of kubrick movies because i i haven't watched his films in ages and i've never really loved him i've always respected him rather than loved him um and we're watching some jean-luc godard movies because i've mm. recently realized what a spirit animal he is to me in terms of how he likes to fuck with everything and have sensuality and art with some genre stuff and like you know like some of his stuff is fucking crazy like some like the shot where i know this is all very famous to most people but it's been a while since i had i looked at any godard and i don't know why i don't know why it's been since film school really um but like the shot where he's like with with the actress who's like just bawling her eyes out and doing that scene and then she fucks up the line and then just starts again and he left the whole thing in with her saying no no no, i want to do it again and then the shots like where he'll 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 start the edit before he calls action so you see them just standing there before they start moving and things like that like it's it's fucking crazy yeah and i love it um good for you for like being able to work your brain in some way and write i i just i cannot right now uh, I mean, you know, again, it's just how you in- interpret stuff. Like for me, it's like, the, it, it's it's that good. Like you're doing something that's very proactive and very actually practically useful. I'm doing something that's selfishly useful, but I'm just trying to find a positive from the situation. And mm-hmm. the positive is I have a lot of free time right now. Um, and I normally need that time to be able to write and no one's expecting anything from me. So it's kind of nice, you know. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I've um, had that similar experience too. Al. Like I've always struggled with, I guess, the discipline of writing and I had started to kind of uh, find a a solution for that anyway, leading into this kind of moment. And now it's just given me more sort of opportunity to really go for it, which has been great. And I'm like halfway through my first feature, which is really exciting. And I've just got like, got like, you know, some other ideas on the back burner. It's like, okay, well, if that's what I'm going to do, like to just to kind of get through, then I'll just, I'll keep doing it. And it's been, it's, yeah really fun to kind of have that to just escape into something i guess as cheesy as that sounds no no and i think that's a positive thing for people to listen to like this isn't us saying like you have to like accomplish this stuff because you absolutely don't you don't owe anything Mm -hmm. to people like that and it's not saying you have to like sew stuff to like you know send off it's just saying like find a thing for you because for me like the psychological thing a therapist once said to me that i really took to heart was you've got to own each situation um for your own good so when you're in something like i know a lot of people right now feel trapped 
And it's important to look at your life and realize, look, there are situations, maybe not for all the extroverts out there, but like hopefully there is a situation. For introverts, it's definitely easier, but there are situations for most people I know where for work reasons, for health reasons, for mental health reasons, for practical reasons with your partner, for whatever, where you might choose to say, we're just going to mostly stay in for a month and deal with whatever we have to deal with. And you would feel pretty empowered in that situation because you've made that option to opt out of life and to deal with whatever it is you need to deal with. And I think when you have something like this, most of the frustration from people is they're climbing the walls because they're being forced to, you know, Mm -hmm. they feel like this is, they got no option. And as the movie ants taught us, realizing that you have choice is the most important thing. Even if you end up still doing the same thing you would have done if you were forced to do it. Um, And I think it's important to realize that you can go outside. You can go to these places. You can travel. You can turn up at work. You might not, they might not let you in. Um, but you can do all of those things you are choosing not to and that's fucking great and if you're choosing not to that means you are the person every day is choosing to do that and that's the right decision and that's an empowering decision so like enjoy your life as much as you can knowing that you are choosing to do these things Mm -hmm. Um, and and I would I think that's great and I completely agree and I would also add that this is such a moment because we're also tied to our social medias right now especially right because everyone has nothing else to do but to like scroll through Instagram or scroll through Facebook or whatever for entertainment and to know that Pornhub Pornhub fine (laughs) Uh, and to know that you know Al and Alex writing and spending this time in that way doesn't mean that I then have to, right? Yeah. Or that all of, because I'm seeing so many, and we talked about at the very beginning of this, you know, acting schools trying to like, let's do a self-tape thing. Let's do this class or let's do a writing challenge. And that is great, grand, wonderful. I cannot right now it's gonna make me cry to think about it but it is enough to manage my own personal anxiety and anxiety for my family and and for my friends and uh, just to keep going right now um because those feelings are overwhelming right so to make this productive in a work way for me is just, I just can't do it yet. And maybe there'll be a point where that um, that corner turns and things like that. And so I think it is paramount that whatever anyone needs to do in order to get through this time, no matter what it is, that is what you need to do. And I love what you're saying out about the power of choice and recognizing that this is a choice. It is a choice to stay in to protect so many people, right? Um, and it is quite honestly the least we can do. <laughs> um, so let's do it and let's do it as proudly as we can, you know? Yeah. And um, whatever we need to do in order to keep going, keep doing it. Yeah, no, I agree to complete. Just feel good about yourself. I think is the important thing. People need to feel good about yourself. Yeah, I know that you're doing great, great stuff even by doing nothing. And it's something even just when things aren't as extreme. Sometimes, like Haiti will you know say to me like, "Oh man, I feel so bad because I just want to spend today just checking out and playing fucking Assassin's Creed Odyssey." And I'm like, "Well, then do that, but do that not feeling bad about it. What's the point of doing that if you're gonna feel bad about it and mm-hmm. drag guilt into this? Like, if you're gonna mm-hmm. do that, then enjoy it because otherwise, what's the point of being alive? And if you're gonna do that and feel so guilty, then maybe do something else. But like, 
just let yourself off the hook a little bit like feel good about yourself and enjoy i won't go quite to the extreme shannon did of whatever you want to do try not to kill babies oh okay uh, well try not uh, to- you know things that aren't harming one another although i will say those goddamn push-up challenges that are going around oh, on instagram me, that hurts me stop doing that bullshit that's that it. but you know i'm sick of that that and the boredom thing they're the two things that i'm sick of oh. i really am I, but i've always had that problem anyway anyone who ever tells me that they get bored I just don't know how to talk to them because I'm like, there's so much to watch, read, play, write. There's so many things to create. Yeah. So many like things you could spend time like talking to your family and your friends, even remotely. Like there's so much to do in life. Like I want more time. I could never get bored right. ever because there's just so much to do. Yeah. In, you know, uh, in high school, our deten- if you were in detention, it was that you had to like just be totally silent and just sit there for an hour. Right. And I was like, you've given me a gift like for me to just sit here and be like in my own brain and doing Shannon, nothing they gave the rest of the world a gift too i know <laughs> <laughs> i know but that's what like i it's you know it's an opportunity to like get in touch with your own imagination or whatever <laughs> you know what i have appreciated aside from the challenges thing is with social media i'm i'm predominantly on instagram and twitter is that in some ways I'm finding social media drifting in a direction that I perhaps had always hoped it would be where it's maybe a little less narcissistic, a little less ego driven. And I'm like seeing friends either like just create crazy videos or interesting things that they post like little sketches or, or scenes. Or I had one friend who did a live stream of him cooking with his family. And like every now and again, I would check in and be like, Hey, what are you doing? Like, what are you cooking? And for me, it's like, Oh, that's such a, I'm glad that some people are using that opportunity to, to use it in that way where it is becoming a, I mean, in some ways right now it is our, only way of connecting with other people directly mm-hmm. and i and i and i hope that lasts beyond this that people can still use their instagram and their 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 twitters and to 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 share other people's work to share their own to just share spontaneous moments of creativity and have it a bit more sort of feel a bit more connected and inclusive and you know less assholes saying stupid shit <laughs> Yeah. No, yeah. I do think in general, obviously, there's always going to be exceptions and negativity and poisonous stuff going on on the internet. That's how it is. But Sorry about I, yeah, that. Yeah, I agree with you. I am. It's just Shannon. When she <laughs> dies, it'll all be better. Um, but I do think it, there is like, um, yeah, a general, like you're saying, more of a camaraderie, which is mm-hmm. true, again, historically. You look through time. We didn't have the internet, but you look through time. And when the world is in crisis, people come together better. And, yeah. oh, and also, our, traits. could you just tell Katie that um, being Cassandra and traveling through the Greek world, helping people is a noble thing. <laughs> and she what? should remember that when she plays Odyssey. Okay. Ah. Okay. Great. Great. It's gone I, over my head for right. sure. Um, it's a noble a, thing. Like, Sahar is teaching me how to bake bread right now she's helping me get a starter going and things like that so there are like lovely moments of connection um that are happening you know that's what the push-up challenge is really about right is connecting with people and doing yeah. fucking not at all, push-ups not at all that 50 percent that people have which unfortunately is the majority of la of like oh no i'm trying to help you 
<laughs> by really making myself feel better. Right. Right. Like, but you. I I guess I I just don't I don't ever I don't want anyone uh to feel pressure to create in this time. No, no, no. I know no. the very the first week of this I was a loaf and then like feeling like oh man am i a shitty artist because i'm not using like i was uh texting with a friend of mine and she's a writer and she was like you know feeling pressure because lear or uh shakespeare created lear in quarantine right so i need to come out of this with my masterpiece and it's like no no you fuck i'm gonna come out of this with i don't know probably over a hundred face masks a that with no, no one wants and a boyfriend with no pants <laughs> <laughs> yeah i saw i saw a post in like in the multitude of posts that are going around which i thought was apt for what you're saying shannon where it was like you in this time you don't have to yes. create your masterpiece you don't yeah. have to uh you know write that screenplay you've always wanted to written you just have to you know care for yourself care for those around you um and that's it like you don't yeah, yeah. there doesn't have to be any of that pressure in any way look we're straying danger close into the podcast that we keep talking about making where we're gonna you know every now and then do one talking about depression and mental health and how oh, we yeah. deal with that stuff and then it's lovely to get to talk about that stuff because i want to more um but yeah but i think it's like you just have to look at the big picture with it like my thing is like you have to always look at what is the end game for any of that stuff the end game is we're all going to die so the end game is like what where are you going to get those joys along the way the things you're striving for what if you achieve that just before you die are you going to give a shit probably not like what are the things that you really want and why do you want them is the big question like why do you want those things and yeah during this time of course there's no pressure <laughs> that's what i mean it's like find the joy in the things you're doing let mm-hmm. yourself off the hook some of the time but be conscious of what that future is so that you know you'll still find joy in things you know moving forward um and that's like yeah don't feel that outside pressure from anyone just like most of us go through life and again we're lucky we don't have kids and all these extra pressures where you don't get to have a second to think really for yourself but most people go through the teenage years where you start to figure out oh i can affect the entire world and you have to figure out who you are really quickly and then suddenly the world is pressurizing you and you're fighting back and it wants you to get married and it wants you to have kids and it wants you to get a good job and be a genius and do all of these you know stupid things that aren't necessary but can be beautiful if you choose to opt into them at some point in your life and then you go through your 20s and most people let's be honest will get in a relationship and then fuck some things up because actually oh i wasn't hadn't figured out yet what i really wanted or who i was or like i didn't have space and time to you know like understand myself at all and i don't think we ever fully understand ourselves but most people kind of get choked point by society into a situation of work kids family life just trying to survive um and i can't even begin to empathize enough with with that stuff this is a time where everyone gets to just figure themselves out a little mm-hmm. bit isn't that great we should get like time just like just reflect on yourself a little bit and just try and figure out what do you really want like you know maybe you, I, when this you, is all over you're gonna walk away from your family and just leave them mm-hmm. <laughs> i know that's what the joke with this is like how many divorces and how many babies are gonna come out of this oh yeah you know what i really want coming out of this is i want a man that wears no pants and hands me sparkling waters he is the best <laughs> i'm not what giving him up <laughs> what i want coming out of this is resident evil 3 because i've played the demo this week and that's coming in april we got some cool video games coming. Shannon. Yes. Are you able to stick around to talk video games for a minute or do you need a bell? I mean, I can stick around and talk. I'll contribute to this video game conversation. Excellent. I'll put uh, I'll put James on uh, on mm. alert. 
Only if his penis is still out. It's never not. <laughs> Excellent. Um, I've been, yeah, if you, Alex, did you play Resident Evil 3 demo? That went up a few days ago. Uh, no, I didn't because I'm still recovering from playing half of the last Resident Evil remake. I, I almost didn't because I was like, I just, I, I know I'm going to love it and I'm going to play it. So I'll just wait for the game. But I was like, yeah, it's going to be another month. And this month is going to feel long. So I was like, I'm going to try this demo. Um, I fucking, it's going to be an hour and a half. I think it is if you know what to do and do all of the things. I finished it in 24 minutes or something stupid. Oh my God. Um, yeah. So it felt very short, but it was really great. It looks gorgeous. Plays the same, but with extra little nuances, which are wonderful. The sidestep took a minute to get used to, but now it's great. And the fucking nemesis can just i'm legitimately a little scared because what i liked with resident evil 2 was i could get into a pattern of play with that where you're quite meticulous and i felt in control nemesis is gonna fuck all that up <laughs> he's insane he does he's not like mr x in resident evil 2 who's that's when just i like, stopped playing the moment mr x came out i was like i was done this is so much worse because Mr. X is like he'll walk towards you and it's scary but you can hear him on the different floors as he's walking around the house and that is scary but you can kind of control it a little bit and you know if you go in your safe room he can't get in and then you wait for him to walk away Nemesis can get into the, your safe rooms Nemesis will airdrop out of nowhere Nemesis will fucking charge at you like a rhino and he has tentacles to grab you from a long way away like it's so stressful and I've read accounts of people who played like preview copies who are like yeah I was running from him for like 30 minutes at a time and then you get a little break and then it'll be the same again you know but like it could go on for ages if you don't trigger the ne- you can't like hide like if you don't trigger the next story beat he's just gonna keep fucking coming at you i'm out <sighs> me too i will watch you play but i'm out i don't want to play that i won't okay. watch you play i want no part of it <laughs> um, anyway i'm excited for that uh i've been playing well, we've been playing quite a lot. Well, Katie's been playing nonstop Animal Crossing, which is what she's doing right now. I guarantee it, mm. uh, which is what my entire Twitter feed basically is. Animal Crossing. I read this beautiful piece in a non-game publication. I can't remember what it was. It was some like, you know, revered publication about how Animal Crossing is saving everybody's souls right now because it's the escape they all need. Um, and it's this beautiful, you know, you get a little island and it's it's basically been called the Breath of the Wild of Animal Crossing. They've like added all this new stuff to it so you can, it's just such a peaceful, wonderful way of life. And then you can visit each other's islands and wander around. And So please explain it to me because, yeah, you messaged me, Alan, asked if I was playing it. Taylor, our friend Taylor Morris, who's been on the podcast a bunch, messaged me the other day. He was like, hey, are you playing Animal Crossing? I don't know much about Animal Crossing. I know that a lot of people love it i know that a lot of people are saying yeah it's perfect for the sort of circumstances we're in at the moment but what is it i have no idea yeah i don't think james james is not playing animal crossing no no so it's just on switch mm-hmm. um it's yeah obviously got a long legacy on nintendo i will say if you have high anxiety right now this is the game to be playing mm-hmm. like this is definitely a ver- this is like it's, it's helping people out and and people are doing beautiful things with it essentially what it is and each one is a different model i haven't played lots of them before um but i played a little bit but this one in particular you get an island um and you're a little cute little thing a little person that you design not not enough options for me of the stuff you can do my version looks like a dirty hippie because they didn't have many i had to use like woman's hair to get long hair like i have and i mean that makes sense yeah didn't look right um but essentially it's sort of isometric i guess which i'm not normally a fan of you can't move the camera around that much um but it oh, works I like that. for what they're trying to do um it's very very cute 
very very peaceful and beautiful you wander around your like island that. you can you know you and you start off basically with nothing but a few friends and a tent um, and everything's kind of random so the experience is different for everybody the island you're going to get is a little different the stuff that's going to turn up each day is different it runs in real time which is wonderful so whatever time you check into your island it's going to be the time that you are right now Cool. Um, and then everything will continue to change over that time. So I've left mine for a couple of days. I'll go back and my island will be full of weeds. So I'll need to like do some weeding. Um, and then basically there is a sort of slight sort of Farmville stuff to it. There's also some Minecraft stuff to it. Um, you will gradually like buy or learn recipes to like make tools and stuff. So you can like cut things down. You can get resources. You can start building stuff. There's a lot of debt management. You go into a lot of debt for your for your house that you want to buy and then they just keep putting you in more and more debt and hiding debt within debt and it's quite stressful actually oh, in God. that regard. I was gonna say <laughs> I don't know that I should be playing this game. Yeah, I think it's teaching kids about how the world works. Um but it's really just like I mean Katie's yeah really really fucking into it my whole twitter feed is just people like you can eventually sculpt your island do landscaping you know change things you know design stuff um you go you know obviously fishing and you can go digging in the sand there are bugs you have to capture butterflies like all this different fun stuff you can really kind of like play it sort of how you want to to a degree um i mean but you can also have like godzilla statues and you can design literally your own patterns to go on the wallpaper in your house <clears throat> or on the t-shirts that you're wearing um it, you can really go down whatever rabbit hole you want with it and then what's cool is you've each island has a little airport <clears throat> you can get into that airport uh and there are some sort of caveats of how you do it but you can then use a flight and choose to go random and you'll just go to a random island which could just give you some random cool shit that you don't normally get um or aren't being sold there is tarantula island it's just full of tarantulas which you could randomly turn up on um but those islands aren't other people's islands though well no lots of them aren't but there are also you can choose whether to do that online or offline um right. and i strongly encourage the online because that's kind of the fun of it is going to visit other people's islands uh nintendo obviously have a bit of a backwards way with how they do that stuff so you need a long number to learn your friends island codes <laughs> if you want to go to them specifically and you can choose whether you want to leave your gate on your airport open or half closed or fully closed depending on who's going to get in so you can choose just friends can just pop in whenever they want to and then some people like uh, our friend Amarice, like she does this lovely little um she's got this little gate that she's made and then she's drawn patterns on the floor and then she's written free and wherever she has like extras of stuff she leaves them in that place so people can get off the airport go in there take some stuff and get back on the plane and go back to their island you know cool um there's like just all the different ways you want to play it it's really lovely and katie's made like a little two-person bench that's on a rock looking out over the sea and i'm literally like we're sitting there watching the hitcher 2 last night which by the way people aren't listening to our weekly show look forward to that because I've never come so close to quitting. Um, <laughs> really? And oh, uh, it's in the drop of quality. There's never because the Hitcher. I don't want to spoil that series, but I've made it clear before. The rewatching of the Hitcher this time, it's the best thing I've ever reviewed for our show. The original Hitcher is one of my favorite films now ever. I think it's an absolute masterpiece, and I think I prefer it even to Halloween, which is insane. Um, but the Hitcher Two is the biggest drop in quality I think a sequel has ever ever had oh wow um so it was really hard to watch and katie got so angry she just pulled out animal crossing halfway through and started playing it and it gets near <laughs> the end of the movie and i look over to her 
and she's literally just sitting on a bench and obviously it's nighttime where we are and she's just looking at the stars in the game while sitting on this bench she's not even doing anything she's had like a hard day at work she's dug up all these things she's captured all these little bugs she's sold things done commerce built a new room in her house done the wallpaper and then she's just like sitting on this bench looking at the stars and the ocean <laughs> it's fucking lovely <laughs> And yeah, she made a little two-person bench. She's like, why have you got a two-person bench? She's like, because when you visit your island, we can both sit on their bench. Aww. <laughs> or some creeper who just turns up on her island. Yeah. <laughs> now I'm going to start playing and I know I'm going to find out where that bench is. If you and if you look, I know a lot of people online right now who are upset because they never bought a Switch, and this is this is the killer app for them. This is the one where they're like, I'm buying a Switch right now, and you can't get them. Switches have sold out everywhere. You can get a Switch Lite, but it's not the same. Um, and people are really upset. So there, I've got a lot of people in my feed who have gone back to Animal Crossing on the Wii oh. or on GameCube or on you know whatever old iteration because they can't play the new Animal Crossing, but everybody wants to be playing Animal Crossing right now. That said, I'm not playing it as much uh, just because I'm doing this shit. <laughs> gotcha. Um, yeah, and I'm playing some other games. I was, I was playing uh, uh, Piku Niku, which is on Xbox, PlayStation, and Switch. Really recommend. This is a weird little indie game. I just started downloading some of these. It's really fucking cute. Um, got a really nice dynamic to it. I'm enjoying that. Played a bit of Coffee Talk, which is really just sort of a text-based thing. You don't play it much, but it's, it's nice. Um, I started Doom Eternal. It's fantastic, but not for me. I just don't need that much stress in my life ever. Um, I'm not really a big fan of loud, shooty games anymore. Uh, Metro Exodus DLC. I'm still, I'm about to go into the last bit of DLC for that. It's, you know, my favorite game in years. Um, we never how's, got to do How's it. the DLC? It's good. It's kind of more of the same. Like, it's not as good as the main story, for sure. Um, but it is good. Yeah, we never got to do our end of end of year game podcast, but that was my, now that and far loan sales were my games of last year. Metro Exodus, I think, is the best first person shooter since Half-Life 2. Like, I think it's incredible. Um, and then Katie and I woke up one day and again we tried to get into this regime of doing work in the daytimes and being useful and one day we woke up and made the critical mistake of I like turned on the Xbox in the morning which I never do while you're in bed and we started playing I was like I want to play some Nidhogg so we played Nidhogg 2 which is fantastic by the way and she had never played it before and she was like this is insane and then we went from that to Peggle 2 <laughs> yeah Katie sent me a picture saying ha i beat your high score <laughs> we spent all day playing peggle 2 and then all the next day basically and beat that game went back to peggle 1 which is now unplayable after peggle 2 so we can't do that and yeah nearly everyone we did it was like alex has a higher score than you we're like you that fuck <laughs> we got so angry <laughs> i think it was like i haven't played that in years i bet like, bethany and i went through a phase where we were just every night playing that it's a it's a it's a fun game it really it's is it's a good and it's a very relaxing game for right now i like the things yeah. where you can talk a bit um we're doing online we're doing apex legends of course friday the 13th as always and hitman 2 is the one that i've really like it's got a weird online mode but it's really cool where you're both trying to do the hits but you can kind of affect each other's world like ghosts a little bit to fuck up each other's hits hmm. it's cool i like it hmm. well james is also playing apex as always right now um and he's gone back to Smite, which he hasn't done for a minute. So he's doing that. And then he also has gone back to Pokemon on the Switch, which wow. he hasn't played that for a long time either. Hang on. He likes the Pokemons, but he doesn't like the Animal Crossing. That's interesting. I don't know. 
I don't know. James, have you played Animal Crossing? Don't walk over, James. Don't walk over. No, he, oh, so he's never actually played Animal Crossing. Oh, okay. So, I want to get Animal Crossing because you guys need it. It's like, yeah. Okay. Well, maybe we'll, we'll look into some Animal Crossing. And then I guess because he just had... So they did... So GDC was obviously canceled, and but he had virtual gdc essentially with like their meetings and things like that last week so then he's been doing a bunch of play tests and things like that that cool. i can't say anything about Boo. well thanks thanks for teasing for no no reason uh, You're welcome. speaking of virtual half-life alex virtual reality came out um yep. and yes has- i did it's been getting 10 out of 10s everywhere. Unsurprisingly, like every Half-Life game, it's apparently a fucking masterpiece. Um, and I can't play it because I don't have a PC or VR in that situation. I've only got PSVR. And they said, yeah, obviously people are going to mod it to be 2D, but they said it's not going to be as good because it's built specifically for VR. And everyone's like, yep, this is the game that proves how you do VR as a proper experience. Yeah, I keep seeing headlines where it's like, this is the game changer for VR. Or like, this is how VR should be done, like moving forward. Um. Yeah, it'd be. I'm very curious to try that. We're not going to get to Alex. We're not going to get to lowly console players. Yeah. So, um, yeah, I haven't actually been playing playing anything recently because we've we've had a full house. So, um, I've just been on my laptop. Um, um, I'm a big football fan, as some people may know, or soccer, as they call it here in the. <laughs> the united states please don't do that again um my favorite soccer team is um is called liverpool um and they haven't won the they haven't won the title let me let me paint a picture here for you guys they haven't won the title in 30 years this season why haven't they quit this season shut up al this season they were 25 points ahead of second place and two wins away from winning the title and they stopped the season now we don't know if it's going to start up again. So um, to be to to sort of fulfill my um, football soccer needs, I've been every now and again just playing a bit of Football Manager on my laptop. I mean, people love that Football Manager. There's a whole, by the way, the UK IGN UK podcast crew have a side podcast now. I think just called like It's Football or something, but that's all they talk about is Football Manager. It is so it's so addictive. It's such a great game. I've been playing it. That's probably one of the like games that I've played continuously for maybe ten or twelve years. Yeah, it's very it's a gift that keeps giving. If you yeah. like, if you like numbers. Yeah. Um. Well, is there anything you're looking forward to? Because I saw like Moons of Madness just came out, so I just bought that. I'm going to put it on our company account, so we got some. If people want to try some of the stuff, um, not at home, by the way. That's me talking to the people on right. this podcast. <laughs> um, Moons of Madness is meant to be really great. I'm really excited, guys, for a game that I just saw a trailer to yesterday and bought as the trailer was still playing. <laughs> wow! Called House Flipper. <laughs> Oh, house oh, I flipper. saw you post that. I, I forgot. I was like, I have to show Bethany this. She will <laughs> love it. Honestly, like I clicked on the thing. The little trailer started playing. It showed you in 3D and first person walking into this house. I was like, I'm already in. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and then you have to like go into like decrepit houses, vacuum up all the cockroaches, yep. clean up everything, throw everything out. And then you break down the house, you break down walls physically, like you pick tools that you want to break stuff with, you rewire the whole fucking house, but like in first person. 
I love and then it. you gradually like go into an interior designer sim where you kind of get to decorate everything and lay everything out and then you sell off the house and make some money and off you go again get flipping guys yep i'll have to show bethany to that me. i think she'll love it yeah i'm into that game i'll put that on the company account too <laughs> you lucky lucky people yep. <laughs> katie was like looking at all oh, the fuck are you doing <laughs> i'm very excited <laughs> Um, and for people who care, there's a couple of DLCs coming out this week. Uh, Borderlands 3 has DLC, as does Control, actually, has DLC, which seems wow. But not much else until April. We've got Resident Evil 3, Final Fantasy 7 Remake Part 1, Predator Hunting Grounds, Trials of Mana, and Gears Tactics. They're the big ones. I'm just still counting down the days for The Last of Us. Yeah, you got a little... What's that, May? May, yep. And then June for... Uh, for What's it? Ghost of Tsushima? Yep. Yeah, yeah. And then we get into seeing where we're at and if we're going to get any consoles at the end of this year. Yeah. By the way, I do have to mention very quickly, Sony, Sony finally broke their silence on the PlayStation 5, their first information about it. Obviously, Xbox have been talking a lot yeah. and, and controlling the conversation as they need to because they're vastly behind. Um, Sony have been very, very quiet. They were meant to do, as you were saying, Shannon, a GDC thing, which then uh, went obviously public. Uh, which they know, you know, it's a public thing. They streamed it out on their site. And this was one of the things I've seen them mostly criticized for because it wasn't kept as, no, no, this is just for insiders. It was done as a public event. Tens of millions of people have watched this now. And I think they've quite rightly been ripped apart for doing the most terrible, like they just fucking fell on their face. It was the worst reveal of place of a console, maybe in history. It was a bunch of numbers. All it was of a the numbers snooze fest. <laughs> All of the numbers were worse than what the Xbox Series X has already announced, all of them. And then everything they said managed to find a way to make that not seem important, which might honestly be true, but then they showed nothing to back that up or do something exciting or tantalizing. And it was just, yeah, an absolute, an absolute bore that for the consumer was like a very bad idea as a first impression of what this console is going to be. Like it really was. That was, it was, I was kind of flabbergasted because you're like, you're waiting and you're like, well, however PlayStation come out the gate, it's going to be exciting because they haven't spoken yet. I'm like, nope, just fell on their face. Yeah. Cause I mean, you and I mess each other the night before and like, oh, the big announcements coming tomorrow, trying to sort of predict what was going to, what was going to come out, sort of talking about our feelings of where we're at with Xbox. And then, yeah. And then neither of us message each other after that. So it's just like... <laughs> nope. Zero reason. Yeah. Which I'm sure, you know, again, for the general public, they don't really know. I mean, I think there was like 10 million people. That's a lot of people or something. There was a lot of people anyway who watched that uh, in the end. But the general public don't really know or really care about this stuff. So they will still not get their first impression until it's on store shelves, really. You know, um, and most people just need to hear PlayStation and fucking FIFA or Madden or COD and they're in um but yeah as, a, as an industry first announcement it's been fun listening to all the podcasts even like you know the sony advocates just being like oh that was embarrassing <laughs> but yeah, yeah what can you do um all right i don't think we've got anything else to say other than coachella also delayed by the way guys so uh, pack those bags oh no oh no i'm gonna have to put away my outfit that i planned mm-hmm I had a very culturally appropriate Native American (laughs) outfit plan. Yeah. (laughs) Were you knitting it? Yes. (laughs) (laughs) That's what you're really working on. Right. I'm just crocheting my Native American Coachella wear. Do you know what I was genuinely like when I was driving back? I have too much thinking time as I do these drives and... 
it came up to Katie. Uh, heaven has never seen high fidelity. And oh, yeah. I was telling her, like, you have to see. I get now everyone's watching the TV show and everyone loves that and blah, blah, blah. But, like, you have to see the original High Fidelity. Yeah. Um, and she never has. And then me and Katie decided we were going to do a Coos Fest for 24 hours where everyone wow. had to dress up as different characters from the Coos is like films. Mm-hmm. And we were going to do just the first 20 years of his career, essentially. Um, and then if it went well, we'd do the next 20 years another time. Um, and we were going to show, I think it was six films or whatever, uh, which were mostly the fun ones like High Fidelity, Gross Point Blank, The Sure Things, uh, Say Anything, but then a couple of serious ones in there as well. Mm-hmm. I was going to say I would go as being John Malkovich Cusack. Yes, that that's, was in there as That well. is what I was thinking. <laughs> <laughs> I always forget that's him. I really do. As I was going through all his films to pick the films. I was like, fucking hell. I legitimately, as you were talking about, I was like, I would do being John Malkovich. And then I literally had to stop and think, wait, that's him, right? Yes, it is. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Yep. Um, yeah, and it was really frustrating. I literally came back. I cut a trailer for it that I was uh, the day that all this sort of kicked off I was about to send out to all of you guys to be like, hey, we want to do a Coos Fest, who's in? And then it all happened, so no Coos Fest for us, and I'm very sad. That's the real tragedy of yeah. all of the events that have happened. Yep. No Coos Fest. No I was Coos even going to email him, see if he wanted to come and hang out. That would have been cool. He's probably That would have been cool. Yeah. Yeah, sure. <laughs> Oh, boy. All right, guys. It's been really lovely seeing you both. Like, I feel we have to wrap it up, but I've just been enjoying chatting and seeing your faces because we haven't got to do that much. Mm-hmm. It's been really great. I miss you both. Yeah. It's wonderful you to see too. you. I love you both, and I love all the people listening, even the assholes. You're all right. You're all right. Particularly <laughs> if you're staying in right now. You're great, and we love you. Um, thank you for listening to us. Again, please do subscribe and rate. And every single Friday, you can hear our horror franchise. Right now, we're dealing with, uh, well, we're about to start a new series, which is The Hitcher and Joyride, but we're throwing in Duel because you have to deal with Duel before you get to any of these movies as the grandfather. And we're also throwing in Highwayman because that is the real Hitcher sequel, which we'll get to and you'll understand why when we get there. Can we know who's joining you on those, Al, or is it a surprise? You can, yeah, it's Heaven in uh, the aforementioned Heaven and Christina Masterson. Ah. Um, got those two delectable personalities back to... I know those two chat movies um we we did start it when all of this kicked off so it is a little bit topical but we have been recording them you know every few days so we're not going to be week by week with people um but i think we'll do some more of these at points we'll just do some more conversational things to check in with each other and with anyone who might want, might be listening and if you are listening um and you want to be involved with us and other things or just some projects and things um reach out to us i'm mr al white on all the social medias i'm actually doing a photo project right now if you're on my twitter account you're going to be getting me being quite preachy and a bit of a dick and you're probably going to want to stop following me like many people have uh and that's fine <laughs> Um, but that's where I'm going to say most of the political stuff. On Instagram, I'm trying not to say any political stuff, but every now and then a little thing, but I'm mostly trying to do little videos of the beautiful place that we get to live in to try and help people feel a little bit of an escape. I'm taking requests for things people want to see. People have asked to see certain things, so I'm trying to video that for them. Um, and also I'm doing a picture project, two picture projects, which I'd love for people to get involved with. I've had a whole bunch of DMs. DM me on Instagram if you want to be involved. You can do them from your home. One is going to... Is, um, you will just need to take photos of your window. That's it. While focusing on the outside, DM me for details. The other one will include you 
um, and I'm taking all of these images and then I'm doing a photographic series where I'm using our projector to project these windows onto our windows in our house and then take 35 millimeter photos of these to bring other people's views into our home. Um, and then I'm going to be taking the images of people and projecting them um, into different places around the house, lying on our sofa, playing the piano, things like that. And then taking 35 millimeter pictures of these as well to have the ghosts of all these people in our house. So that when we're stuck awesome. in our homes, trying to like join the dots between things. I'm just going to send you pictures of James with no pants on. Yes. Cool. I'm sure I can find. I mean, there is. I mean, I do nudity and men are doing nudity for this as well sometimes. So, yep. yeah, just you James like, Porky Pig in it. The ghost of his the ghost of his penis. <laughs> perfect uh, uh, where can people get in contact oh and also I'm Mr. Out White on the yeah, Xbox um, and I put a thing out on Twitter and uh, of my uh, switch code if you want to be friends there what about that you guys? switch code thing is wild it's fucking stupid yeah, I just have to say crazy. it's so insane <laughs> so stupid uh, uh, go go Shannon I'm Shannon Hollander oh. on Instagram and my fave Shannon on Twitter but there's no point I don't, I don't use, even now that I have so much time, still not on Twitter. Which means we can send you abuse there because you won't see it. Yeah, that's true. So if you have negative thoughts about Shannon, send them to Twitter, yeah. positive to Instagram. Yeah. Oh, I like that. That's good. And she loves getting dick pics. Oh, it's so. my favorite. <laughs> it's my, yeah. I'm just, you listen, what I've learned in this moment is apparently I'm just aggressively pursued by dick at all times. <laughs> It's either James Porky Pig in it in our own home or just dick pics on the internet. I got to be mm. honest, I'm really uncomfortable with this phrase, Porky Pig. Oh, yeah? You've not heard that? <laughs> Don't like it. It's, it's literally one of his favorite things to say. Like, yep, just Porky Pig in it. And this is why he and the I more, never work out. The more that you <laughs> say it, the more I'm like, I want to see James now. Put him on camera. <laughs> No. Depending how long this situation goes on for, we might get there. We'll see. Yeah, who knows? <laughs> we'll see. Who knows? Uh, anyway. Uh, you can find me on Twitter and Instagram um, at Alexander Chard. Feel free to shoot me a message. Share some funny stuff with me. I'm open for anything. Dick oh. pics. Dick pics. Send me those porky pig and shots. Yes. <laughs> They show up blurry right in Instagram first, so if you don't want to see it, you don't have to press the button to reveal. Or is that's that not true? Because sure. uh, right. oh. I had a couple, and that's how they were for me. Yeah, that's a newer feature. That's nice. Oh, really? Yeah, didn't used to be like that. Oh man. Okay. Um, uh, cool. Uh, thanks, guys. Just <laughs> <laughs> we'll just drop out there, shall we? We'll just walk away. Yep. <laughs> Right. Bye. Uh, Bye. We'll be back on Friday to talk about something about the spookies, and we'll do another one of these whenever we feel like it. Great. Bye. Geeks. Geeks. Stay safe out there, everyone. Bye. Bye. James, put <laughs> Bye. your penis away. <laughs>